Hey everybody, welcome back to Jay's Fifth Down, the NFL podcast. I'm your host, Jay and Gay. And today on the podcast, I have with me Will McFadden. He's the writer with the Falcoholic. Also, I believe, hosts his own podcast. So, um, yeah, I appreciate you joining us today, Will. Yeah, no problem at all, uh, Jay. And, uh, thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, um, before we get into the podcast, I want to make sure everybody, uh, please like, subscribe, and comment to this video. It's going to be on YouTube, so you guys can check that out when we post it. But, um... Well, first off, man, how you doing, man? How's everything going? Oh, you know, I can't complain. Um, really, uh, I mean, I wish kind of the weather was colder. Right. <laughs> More of cold, <laughs> cold weather right. kind of person. I say that because I'm currently sitting outside in shorts, and it is in the middle of uh, damn December. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but, no, nah, man, I'm doing well. How are, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm doing well doing pretty good i can't complain man can't complain <laughs> good to hear yes sir so what well, can you tell us a little, a little bit about yourself you know so our viewers get to know you better yeah absolutely um so i grew up in atlanta unfortunately not born here but um essentially my entire life right. uh, i grew up in in marietta so you know just just up 400 from right. uh from atlanta and big atlanta sports fan i went to the university of georgia okay um played a lot of sports in high school always kind of wanted to to do something in sports but you know i was i was also i i like to read i like to write i was pretty creative all that stuff so paired that together and and got into uh into writing and journalism when I uh, was entering my junior year there in at Georgia, and they have a uh, fantastic journalism program. Shout out uh, the greatest school of journalism. So it, it all kind of made sense. Um, I found some opportunities to kind of start writing and developing that skill, which is something I would definitely suggest to anybody out there who is interested in journalism. I mean, A, it's it's... It was at the time, and it still is evolving. I think we have a clear picture oh, yeah. of the way that it it is evolving. Right. Um, you know that this this conversation is is just one small example of that fact, but it it has been, and I think it still is, a medium that is pretty accessible early on. You know, because like really, if if you like sports journalism, um, and and for some people who are out there who are just passionate about I guess journalism as as an entity, fairness, equality, all of that, you know, objective storytelling, those people are, are out there. But if you like sports journalism, it's probably because you just love talking about sports and you've got opinions, you've got thoughts, you, right. you know, you wanna you wanna you wanna share them. You start doing that as early as you can. Um, I I remember in high school writing for um, uh, a small little kind of almost magazine pamphlet thing that got circulated uh, to all of the high school football stadiums kind of in our region right. uh, each, yeah. each season. And, and I just started writing for that and doing little synopses of, of teams. Um, so that's kind of how I got into really writing. And then I was fortunate enough to land with um, the AJC out of college, start working with um, Chris Kirshner, who, who covers the Atlanta Hawks for the Athletic. Um, Jeff Schultz, guys like that, Chip Towers, Seth Emerson, um, yeah. and and 
got really kind of like a great firsthand lesson in in the real world of covering um, sports for for a newspaper. From there, I got to I went over to Saturday Down South um, and and got to kind of really explore with some creativity and finding my voice more as a writer. Um, and then ultimately ended up with the Atlanta Falcons as uh, their primary beat reporter um, for the last four years. And now I am over uh, with the great team at the Falcoholic and get to host my own podcast with Ovi Mahaley, uh, which has been a new and unique and You're awesome right. experience <laughs> so far. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, like I said, I, you know, I listen to your podcast of OVO every week. It's a really good podcast, man. You guys do a great job. I appreciate that. Um, you know, it's, I guess, you know, the combination of his, of Ovi's, you know, personality and, your, you know, the enthusiasm, then, of course, your uh, your personality as well just makes for a fun <laughs> podcast. So um, you guys really harp down every week. So um, I just wanted to say kudos to you guys for um, making those great episodes for us listeners. Um, <laughs> well, I, no, I really appreciate that. And I, I mean, I think the kind of the part that I really enjoy, it's it's the part that I enjoyed, you know, and still do enjoy about, about journalism. And it's like, I, I've always approached the game where, I like I want to learn as much about this sport from the people who do it for a living. Uh, and so anytime like Ricardo Allen was always my favorite go to um, interview in the locker room during open locker room period. And he he was a student of the game and he, he didn't right. mind sitting there and, and pulling out his his tablet and or I guess Microsoft Surface. Sorry, uh, NFL sponsorship team. Um, <laughs> and uh, and just pulling up a play and being like, no, like, here's what happened. You know, and so that's the stuff that I'm interested in. And Ovi kind of gives me a, another window into that player mindset, you know. And, and that's why each week I try to always find some questions, find an angle to the game where it's it's like, as a player, you know, what are you guys talking about in the locker room? You know, like you're you're about to face a team that that like the Lions in a couple of weeks. Yeah, that that team's won one game. Like, what what is that conversation? <laughs> I'm fascinated by that. Are they just sitting there being like, "Well, this is going to be a win"? I mean, like, do you see the players on that team, or is it kind of a little more like I don't know, sports movie esque, where the coach is kind of like, "Now you can't look over these guys," and you know, the the players are all buying in and, right. and doing all that. You know, like no no trap game type of deals, Ovi can answer those questions, which is the dynamic of that podcast I find personally the most interesting. Right, yes. Uh, and it's, like I said, a really great podcast. Uh, and for those who don't know, Ovi, uh, he played, um, you know, he absolutely, yes, he played in the NFL. He also played for the Atlanta Falcons for some time, as well as the uh, Baltimore Ravens. So, yeah, yeah, he's a um, shout-out to Ovi, man. He was a great fullback, great player in the NFL. Yeah. All pro, yes. Um, so, but – uh. Well, so I wanted to ask you, man, so how would you say, you know, um, over the last couple of years, we've obviously been dealing with the COVID virus, right? So how would you say that affected you and your profession, but also personally as well? Because, again, it, it, it tremendously, you know, impacted all of us in the whole world, you know, as we were, you know, obviously everything was shut down for a minute, you know, and school was online. It was just a lot to process. So talk about how that really affected you and your position. 
<laughs> uh, this when I, you know, when I when I saw this question on the outline, it uh, it 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 was interesting. You know, I I had to think about how to answer it because in a lot of ways I was affected um, in almost every way, or at least can could speak to pretty much any of the ways. I, I outside of thank God, you know, getting COVID, which I have have not. Um, right. encourage everybody to, you know, to do what they can, um, to secure the health of everybody else. But, um, I both got to work through the entire 21 or 2020 season for an NFL team, which was the, the only sports league to successfully complete, I guess it's entire, um, Slate. Well, I guess college football did as well. So yeah, good job yeah. CWA. But um, <laughs> but then I, you know, I also lost my job at the Falcons because of COVID downsizing within the organization. Um, so so it's kind of like I can. I, I guess first I will speak to what it was like to cover a team <laughs> um, in the midst of a, a pandemic. It was we were fortunate enough, I would say, at the at the time. Having Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov still there at the start of last season because there was already a relationship built with those two guys. Right. Um, so as we went through the all of the the background and and to I mean even even to be in a more unique scenario because I'm I'm talking about this from like a media perspective, but some of the Atlanta Falcons communications. Um, staff are were my closest friends in in our digital team and they were the ones directly in charge of figuring out okay well what are the social distance policies how right. can we have media app practice to cover um practices training camp what what are the protocols how do we make sure so going through all of that stuff and the the tier one tier two tier three um the tracers we had to get walked through all of that. Um, and that was fascinating. I mean, in, in one sense, it really did kind of hinder and cripple, I think, um, a reporter's ability to uncover interesting stories. Right. I think we're, we're seeing recently a big pivot more towards analytical data-driven film review types of pieces. One of that, I think, is audiences have just shown a little bit more of an interest. We're kind of like in a time, uh, like Moneyball, you know, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like the people, people are just fascinated. Like I just said, you know, about like, how does this game work? How do you be really good at it? Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, like how do they do it? All of that stuff. Um, but the other part of it is I think there's just a little bit less access to players, to being face to face with somebody sitting down and getting, you know, uh, a coffee with somebody and just kind of talking, seeing where the conversation goes, uncovering different little nuances of, of a player's personality of, you know, a story that somebody remembered, like, um, those moments are really, really the things that people like you remember a story that, that makes you kind of feel something or, or that makes you can tell like, bringing up a story or recalling a certain memory invoked an emotion in the player. Right. And yeah. that's just hard to get when you're over a zoom call. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it like is. It, was, it is. It was so weird. Cause, cause you can't just like, 
every I remember it, it really they started really cutting down the number of questions um, people could ask for the sake of time, and it was start it just went in a pecking order instead of somebody kind of being like, oh, well, actually no, like I want to follow up on that question, like pull that thread a little bit more. It was like, nope, if that was your second question, we're moving on to to the next person. Um, so that was that was a challenge, and and it still remains a challenge and challenge, and it's why. Um, you know, I hope locker room access kind of goes back to normal, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, but yeah, no, I, I mean, so from professionally, from that standpoint, like that was fascinating and, and really, a an experience, um, and yeah, covering the games from home, like all of that was different. Uh, but then, yeah, I mean, it also impacted me in the biggest possible way professionally because I ended up, you know, ultimately kind of losing losing my job with the Falcons because of the pandemic, because, you know, the, of the stadium, um, being shut down, not, not available to the public, all of the concerts, different, um, entertainment events, things like that. So yeah. Yeah. it was, it was kind of definitely eye opening <laughs> right. kind of both sides of that experience. Yeah. I can only imagine that. And, you know, for me, Will, it was just because when COVID first hit, I was in my, second semester of my junior year uh, in high school. So, um, and then obviously, you know, we're having to go online and everything. It's just, it was just craziness. I mean, it was what it was. <laughs> um, but we had to go yeah. online and Zoom, like you said, you know, Zoom calls and all those things like that. And, you know? I, I mean, at one point my boss uh, got COVID and, wow. and was, was out for uh, kind of a, a week and a half, like a week or two was, was quarantining, isolating, all that stuff. So, I mean, yeah, like it, it, we were fortunate it didn't really like run through the Falcons organization. <laughs> right. Uh, but, but I, I definitely, I mean, the, the, the last year is, is something I, I don't think I'll be forgetting anytime soon. Yeah, me and you both, and I think everybody else in the whole <laughs> world will. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah, man, yeah, it was, it's, it was some trying times, man. It's, it, it still is, obviously. So, you know, everybody who's listening, please stay safe, do what you have to do, you know, um, please, because yeah. this is important and, you know, we don't know when it's going to go away. So hopefully it will soon, but, uh, thank you for your insight on that. Will, because I just find it interesting, you know, obviously from the players, you know, we saw how, you know, that affected them and the whole league itself, but then behind the scenes, but you know, the reporters and, you know, the media, the uh, journalists and everything like that, I, I can only imagine how challenging it was for you guys, as you said, you know, going through the midst of that because the way your your job works is now changed it's different than what you're normally used to so i can only imagine how that uh affected you so i appreciate that insight man now so we can understand how difficult that process was um <laughs> for you to go through so no yeah definitely i mean i i it's it's crazy because i remember my wife and i went on uh, a trip to paris kind of like the the week that the, if you remember the um, Rudy uh, Rudy Gobert, yeah, like, yeah, NBA interview when he when he kind of wiped the microphones, like we landed back from Paris that night, and so it was wow. it was the same night that they imposed kind of like the travel ban and all that stuff. So when we landed, our phones kind of like blew up and all of that. But I right before that week, we went to Paris was the NFL combine. And so I remember being in Indianapolis, like kind of 
already knowing about COVID, already knowing about like the coronavirus and, you know, listening to like the daily and all that stuff and kind of getting updates and checking the CDC tracker, all that good stuff. Right. And the, the, because I, I felt like I was a little bit more on high alert than a lot of people because we were going to Paris and it started out kind of largely overseas. Um, but I was like, well, we're going overseas, so, so I need to be aware of this. <laughs> right. Uh, and yeah, I just remember being in Indianapolis, coincidentally, the last time that I, uh, you know, have attended the combine and just being like, are we still going to be able to go to Paris? Am I even safe getting on a plane home? Right. Like what, what is all of this? And if you think about just like how much things have changed from, this was February of 2020 to now. I mean, I like, obviously that, that type of event didn't happen earlier this year, but like, are we going to see almost like that level of access again? Now that one's a little bit different because the NFL is, is turning it into an event in and of itself in the calendar year. So like right. they're going to want the coverage, but, but yeah, I mean, that, that's just how much coronavirus is like changed the game. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Yep. So, um, but we'll talk about, man. So the Falcons right now currently sit at six and seven. Well, um, it's been a interesting year to say the least (laughs) for Atlanta. So what would you say your thoughts on the team, you know, up to this point, like, you know, as far as the emergence of star rookie Kyle Pitts and, um, you know, the offense, Matt Ryan, those guys and um, the defense as well under Arthur Smith and this new coaching staff. Yeah, so I, I think I think that um, you know first off organizationally, I think they've done a really good and underrated job. Um, I, I think that the obviously like the the signing of Cord- Cordero Patterson is without a doubt like the one of the biggest signings of this offseason. Oh yeah, right? a- absolutely. <laughs> I mean, like, he's, he's the single most I think valuable contract in the league, if you look at the production for what they're paying him and to like, that was the thing we identified with Terry Fontenot throughout the process. Um, I, I, I say we, as somebody who writes for the team, not, not the team itself. I was in no way, shape or form part of any of those conversations, (laughs) Um, but, but the thing that stood out about him was his ability to find players like a Demario Davis or, uh, Marcus Williams or or somebody, um, or Malcolm Jenkins, sorry, not Marcus Williams. Um, these, these veteran free agents who owed other teams were overlooking, um, or maybe didn't value for the the price tag, but they were kind of like the mid tier expensive, uh, mid mid tier priced free agents who weren't going to break the bank, but brought more value than what you were going to pay them. And, he crushed that this <laughs> first time around. Now you could you could argue the other side of that with Mike Davis, <laughs> and you could say yeah. well, we brought him in here to to be your number one. But they it's not like they paid they didn't even pay him what I think they paid Todd Gurley uh, last <laughs> year. So so like what are we talking about here? Right. Um, and I, I just think that finding if you look at kind of the core of this team, we've got the mainstays who who we've been talking about for the last three, four years or whatever, like your Grady Jarrett's like your Deion Jones, Matt Ryan, Jake Matthews. Um, but 
a lot of the, the identity, the core of this team have been your Deron Harmons, your Eric Harris's. Um, you know, I, I think that we're starting to see the defensive line get an influx of some no-name players uh, or new-name players, I, I guess I should say, like Anthony Rush or Jonathan Bullard, guys who haven't been around here. And so we're slowly seeing that the additions the Falcons made were clearly made with a reason, and now that payoff is starting to happen. And yeah, I, I predicted this this team to be a 7-10 and 10 team before the season. Um, I still think there's a chance that that was – spot on i didn't i didn't really look I, I don't go game by game like i'm not a just too many things change throughout a season for that to be like a really accurate depiction i just kind of look at right. the talent and kind of say well this you know this seems like a seven and ten team to me yeah. um yeah and it could be but i think the fact that they've already got six wins with four games to play is probably a, a better statement than any I could make about, you know, how um, ahead of schedule this team is. Because I do think before the season, uh, a seven-win team was, frankly, maybe a little bit gracious. And certainly, I don't think far off. But I think knowing what I know now, I I don't know if I would say seven and ten as my prediction. Um, And I I think that's a, a real testament to what Arthur Smith has gotten um, in terms of kind of like the the mentality that he wants this team to have and the buy-in of the players to make that happen. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And you touched on that, um, the fact that, you know, uh, Arthur Smith and just the sense of urgency I think this team is having. Now, it it was lacking a little bit earlier in the year, um, but – as as of late, you know, the last couple of games, they've been playing – it seems like they've been playing more hard, you know, the more of a sense of urgency. And that's what you want to see uh, week in and week out, especially from, you know, Arthur Smith's perspective as the head coach, you know, and then uh, GM Terry Fontenot, all those guys, you know. And, I mean, quite frankly, I mean, you – we got to give Arthur Smith some credit here because, like you said, I mean, what for what he kind of – we came in with, Will, I mean, you know <laughs> – <laughs> I and mean, he's done it without Calvin Ridley. Yeah, too. yeah. I mean, like if, if you had told me, if you had told me before the year Calvin Ridley is is playing like four games this season, I'm I'm automatically knocking knocking that seven and ten becomes a, a five and twelve real quick. Right. Um, so I I think that's that's a, a huge huge testament, and that what it is is it just seems like the you know. Something that's so uh, underrated, and I, I kind of touch on this a lot with with Ovi, and this is one of my sticking points, I think, is just like a personal philosophy, but like fans underrate, I think, the the amount that the NFL is a relationship business. Coaching is is a relationship business. You have to, we talk a lot about schemes. We talk a lot about X's and O's. Arthur Smith has, from the beginning, said, you know, he we want to find out who wants to play here, who wants to win who's willing to do what it takes to win they're not shy about putting those guys on the field you know whether or not they're household names or the 53rd man on the roster if if that's kind of if that's the guy who's feeling it that day and that gives them their best chance to win that's who they're going with and I, i kind of feel like that's the mentality that's um affected this team impacted this team 
Um, but sometimes it just takes a little bit of time for the coaches to understand who those players are. And that, that relationship, that time that it takes for the coaches to figure out their players is something that I don't think the NFL world kind of talks enough about. We talk about like a new player impacting a team, all of that stuff. But coaches are just like all of us, you know, when they're not there, when they're not doing it day to day, interacting with that person, like anytime you start a new job, you go to a new school, you are in a new environment. It takes a second. It takes a certain amount of time to kind of feel it out, figure it out, understand what is true, what's false, what was um, gossip, what's real, like all of this stuff. And I think that that is where you're seeing a team like the Falcons now really start to understand what they have, what their identity is, and, and they're playing their best football right now as a result of that. Yeah, absolutely, man. You're right. And it, like that is an aspect of the game, like you said, that most people, you know, in the NFL world don't really get, except for, you know, guys like you, you know, that you're, that you're around this, you know, you have to cover this, you know, so you understand it, man. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, ever since the loss of Philly in the opener, man, I, I didn't have – it was – my hopes for the team kind of derailed after that, but – um, you know, wow, this, one and done, one, right? One game and done right. Uh, but despite the fact, <laughs> but um, despite the fact that they have not won a single game at home yet, they're four and two on the road, and they're still in the playoff conversation. It's just, I mean, amazing to me because honestly, if this was last year's regime, I don't think that that's this is not that's not the case. Um, so I do have the credit to Arthur Smith and Terry Fontaine. I just thank for bringing in a new, just a new overall uh, sense of urgency and uh. Yeah, new sense of urgency into the building um, and new identity. Um, so, and I think, you know, and Kyle Pitts, I mean, he's, you know, he uh, he's going to be a gem for this team. I really do believe that. Um, he's, it's taking him, some, it's going to take him some time. You know, people can't rush him. You got to understand like this, you know, yeah, he's, he's one of the generational talents. Yes, yeah, we took him at the fourth pick, but, you know, he's like every other rookie, he's not going to come out the gates just smoking. Like, you know, that's that's not realistic for any rookie. I'm yeah. Fair. I, I yeah, remember, so. um, yes, yeah, so let's do the, the Kyle Pitts conversation. Um, uh, because I remember having, I, I think it was with Mike Malarkey. I, be, I believe that's who this was with. Um, but it, it, it may have been Austin Uber. It may have been, um, the assistant tight ends coach. I am blanking on his name right now, but anyway, it was that obviously Mike Malarkey, former NFL tight end, Longtime tight ends coach, head coach, uh, really accomplished dude in the NFL, said that tight end is outside of quarterback. He believes like the most um, complicated position to learn yeah. because you have to know kind of all parts of the offense. And if you're a receiver, you really kind of just need to know the receiving plays. Like you're out on an island for run blocking, unless it's like a toss sweep or a, you know, a screen or something probably don't have a huge, huge role in that. If you're a tight end, I mean, you're the, you're the knight on the chessboard. You're the, you're the rook. You're one of these pieces that can be moved all around and your versatility is a a huge benefit. But if your mental versatility is not up to the task as much as your physical versatility, it doesn't matter. And I think something that you know, across the board, we we don't um, probably pay enough attention to or talk about enough 
in the draft process is the mental um, readiness, you know, just their the understanding. Like it gets talked about with, with quarterbacks, but that's kind of the only position that right. it does. And yes, Kyle Pitts physically, he he fits. I mean, he's he's he belongs, he he makes sense. Yeah. I look at him, I, I think NFL player, cool. That checks out. Like that doesn't take take that much uh brain power to figure out. But just, you know, what what type of role are they able to give him? What is he ready to take on? How complicated is Arthur Smith, you know, another former tight ends coach? So like he's he's learning from somebody who knows what he's doing. He knows the position. Um, I think that it is telling that the Falcons haven't just kind of Debo Samuel this season for Kyle Pitts and and made him like we're we're getting you the ball twelve times a game no matter what right. type of deal. Yeah. Um, I I think that that does speak to the learning curve um, that that position presents. That being said. Our expectations were, I tried to be really resistant to this because uh, I was, I was aware that expectations were like skyrocketing to this guy. He's still third in the league right now among all tight ends behind uh, Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey in terms of receiving yards. Right. This dude is playing out of his mind. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't already have like 1500 yards. So we're all kind of like, hmm, Kyle Pitts, like, are we sure this worked out? It's like, meanwhile, he's 24th in the, like, entire league in receiving yards as a rookie right. tight end. Yeah. On an offense that's not really, like, the most explosive offense in the league, if we're being honest. And he's only getting, like, four targets a game. So I don't even really know what the Kyle Pitts conversation is about. He's playing really well, and we should just enjoy this. Sure, he may not be, like, I don't know, Lil Wayne, like I am a Martian kind of from outer space yet, but he'll get there because he. Yeah, man, like you alluded to, man. Yeah, Kyle Pitts, man, he is um, just, yeah, playing really well, especially for a rookie uh, his age. But also, like you also mentioned, um, Will, we can't just come out expecting that he's going to just break open <laughs> like he's a, you know, like how the 49ers use Debo Samuel, like, you know, you yeah. alluded to right out the bat, just like in the back. And, and like tight ends have to block and stuff as yeah. well. Like, I mean, he's, he's doing, they, they are, and I, I didn't even mention, I mean, let alone what I said about all of the tight end kind of difficulties of, of that unique position mentally. This dude is truly like a slash player in the way that, you know, we, we all kind of talk about Cordero Patterson as like a running back slash wide receiver. The dude's like a 10-year veteran in this league. He's he's had plenty of time to learn the nuances of playing wide receiver to focus on playing running back this year. So it's all second nature to him. Kyle Pitts is kind of learning how to play tight end and wide receiver all in the span of one year and kind of accomplishing and succeeding at that. So maybe I need to be uh, a little less harsh on Kyle Pitts is, is kind of, I think, where I'm arriving at the end of, of my uh, my monologue on, on this rookie tight end who is playing really well this year. Right, yes. Uh, so shout out to Kyle Pitts, man, for uh, coming in, and he's having a great year. Um, but overall, man, yeah, that wraps us up for today on the um, podcast. Will, I appreciate your insight, man, and um, – you know, you coming on and talking some Falcons ball with us and sharing a little bit about your background. I appreciate that. 
Um, and you know, this one final question for you, Will, before we go off yeah. here. Playoffs or no playoffs for the Atlanta Falcons, my friend? Oof. Oh, I wish. Oh, I wish you were asking me on on Sunday evening. <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd have a I'd have a much better answer. So, I mean, there, there's no way. Like, what's going to break first? The the Falcons' home losing record streak that they're on, or or the Lions? You know, one one win record that they have. I feel like that's a win next week. If they win on Sunday against San Francisco, I mean they're like they're maybe not in the driver's seat, but they're at least like straddling the center console and, and like inching towards the driver's seat. Um, so uh, I'm gonna be an optimist and I'm I'm gonna say yes because I, I have a good feeling about this game on Sunday. I, I just kind of think that they like they're due. They, they've been they've been knocking at the door. I think the 49ers are coming off of a big win against Cincinnati. Uh, Atlanta has something to prove still. Uh, so, yes, I'm going to say that they get the win on Sunday and they make the playoffs. Okay, that was a um, very uh, bold <laughs> statement there. I know if Ovi was here, he probably <laughs> would say, William. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was like, what are you doing, man? Like you said, it's just gonna say this team's gonna make the playoffs, man. Um, but uh, nah, man. Um, yeah, man. That's I, what I, I would say. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I can't give an exact answer right now, man. You, um, you know, it's just uh, maybe, man. I, I don't know, man. It did, like you said, it depends. I think this is the de facto playoff game right here for the Falcons against the 49ers because pretty much if you lose this, you're done for the year. Um, pretty much so. You know, that's no pressure on the Falcons, but, you know, um, <laughs> um, so but that wraps us up for today today on the podcast. Appreciate you guys listening. Please subscribe, comment and also check out um, Will and Ovi's podcast. Believe in Falcons. You can find that I believe on uh, Spotify. Um, what are podcast platforms? Will um, you we can, can we find you guys on? Yeah, uh, I mean, really pretty much anywhere. Uh, it's uh, B.L.E.A.V in falcons and yeah we've got um recaps of the game up early monday mornings and then kind of previews that go out friday afternoons so yeah uh again i I think ov getting a former player's perspective is is just some unique analysis that i i think that uh adds a lot of value to that show oh yeah absolutely man absolutely but um yeah man i appreciate you coming on today will it was great hearing from you man getting your insight again uh with the falcons and uh, everything like that so you have a great day man i appreciate your time yeah no problem jay uh anytime it was it was great to uh talk some falcons football with you man yes sir all right take it take it easy man you too